Okay, go, go, go. <coughs> Hello. No, this is not your show. It's... Welcome back to the District of Cinema podcast. I'll be the host for this episode. As always, I'm Spencer Hoover. I thought you were Tristan for a second. I'm Tristan. Cause. Uh, <laughs> Cause <Kaz> left car. <laughs> That's cause. And today we'll be talking about um, blockbuster movies, which is something which is something I think everyone can relate to. Because we've all been to Blockbuster. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I don't think I've actually been to Blockbuster. Neither have I, honestly. They're all closed. That's the point. No, but like, they, I mean, when we were like kids, they were open. Yeah, we will not be talking about the company Blockbuster. <laughs> we will be talking about, uh, you know, high budget. Oh, I thought we were talking about Dave and Busters. I like Dave and Busters. Okay, when right. I went there once when I was like 12. <laughs> 12? Are yeah. Like, are there like gambling games? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never been to David Buster. No, it's like a little kid's fun. <laughs> it's not like little kids. It's like Chuck E. Cheese for like oh. people who want to get drunk. But anyway. No, see, that doesn't sound No, like you don't have to get drunk. We went there on a school trip. What? I got drunk. We're taking Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got drunk. You can't say that. Another <laughs> We're taking Tristan to David Buster's. After this, yeah. Um... Okay, yes, blockbusters, busting the block. Um, yes. Big, big, big movie with big, big uh, budget. Big explosion, wow. <laughs> and, big, and big explosion, yes. Boom. <laughs> okay, so the first question, which I think we kind of always start with and have to start with, is what are some of your favorite blockbusters that you guys have seen? Well, that's just a pretty loaded question. <laughs> what are your favorite action blockbusters? Action block. I think in recent memory... Um, I think you could call Dunkirk a blockbuster. It Ooh, was definitely yeah. marketed. It was definitely marketed as a blockbuster, but I think that brings up also the, the conversation about like the artsy blockbuster. Um, you have read my mind. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you don't want to talk about it now, like, but I, yeah, Dunkirk. Um, I've seen most of the Transformers movies in theaters. Unfortunately, uh, I wish I could erase <laughs> them from my mind. But yeah, I saw like the third one and have not seen any of the other ones with zero context because my my friend who has seen like all of them wanted to go watch it and I was like okay. <laughs> I what googled a, action blockbusters. I oh, really? googled action blockbusters and I've seen none of these. Oh, You've never seen like Jurassic Welcome to my Park world. or like well, we could talk about. Oh, like, you know what? I did see Jurassic Park yeah, once. That's a big. I forgot. I mean, about I didn't see it. that in theaters. Laura Dern. No, yeah. That's Dern all I remember amazing. from Jurassic I, Park. I think we can't talk about blockbusters without think, talking about the theater experience. Like, the, oh, the, that's absolutely. So absolutely, because um, we're all cine freaks here. We are all cine freaks. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that those are some of mine. What about you guys? Are we just <laughs> limiting ourselves to like what we've seen in theaters? No, I mean I, I'm just I'm just throwing it out like I don't know. Oh well, you already know I'm gonna bring off Face Off, bring oh. up Face Off oh, by yeah. uh, is, John Woo. That is a blockbuster. Classic Nick Cage movie. And John Travolta movie. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> I mean they're the same person, but they really. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, same same body type, same everything. True. Just different faces. True. Which uh. You know, if they looked any more similar, they couldn't have even made that movie. That is true. If you don't, for any context, Face Off is is an action movie where uh, Nicolas Cage plays a um, 
international terrorist and Sean, uh, John Travolta plays the FBI agent uh, who's out to catch him because he accidentally killed uh, Nicholas Cage accidentally killed John Travolta's son it is a great very memeable movie uh, you've probably seen scenes of it and you haven't even realized so it is that good um, but yeah Cause, do you have any favorite blockbuster movies? Oh yes, I do. This one's very near and dear to me. So much so that I had to Google blockbusters to be reminded of it. <laughs> but I do have this downloaded on my computer, Little Women, the one with Timothy Chalamet. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you guys really enjoyed that movie. I actually uh, haven't seen it. I have not seen it either. <laughs> Women. I have seen no iteration of Little I've Women, seen, and I I've have not read Bird. Little Women. Okay, we can talk about Lady Bird too, because I do like Lady Bird. But well, um, Lady Bird's not really a blockbuster. Yes, yeah, it wasn't really. Yeah. No, I always feel like it was because it was to me. No, but see, but like, oh, that's another interesting conversation about A twenty four movies. Mm-hmm. Because do you see them as like sort of like The Green Knight? Do you think that's a blockbuster? Yes. Because it was like it felt like it, it. was advertised as one, right? Like yeah. Marketed as one, right? But then, like, other A24 movies aren't really, are sort of fly under the radar a bit as more, like, artsy, like, films right. kind of. They won't let me talk about The Little Women. No, talk That's about okay. The Little Women, please. No, please. please. Talk, about, talk about it to me. Please. Um, no, I just thought that was marketed to be what it was, which was a very big, it came out on Christmas, I remember, because uh-huh. me and my friend went on Christmas. We got, like, a great cast, too. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, Florence Pugh kind of really coming to her, coming into her her big name. I feel like she had Midsummer before that, right? Though, right, but right, that was right. kind of the the moment I think that her career just like fast tracked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, you got Sorsha Ronan, you got Emma, Emma, Emma Watson. Watson. Yeah. yeah, I'm forgetting who plays Beth, but I saw her on Broadway too. She's fantastic. But um, and then obviously Timothy Chalamet, Laura yes. Dern. You just like they clearly and Meryl s- Streep, right? Oh, Eliza Scanlon. That was the other Isn't sister. It? And Meryl Streep. Yeah. She's in there. Yeah. It was clearly meant to be a big, high-grossing movie, but I think they did... They really tried to repair what other versions of the movie had. Like, like they tried to make Amy a less hateable character. They tried to, like, incorporate some more, like, 21st century lens, I guess. But it was... I felt like they did a nice job. Whoever orchestrated it, I forget who it was, but the the score... No, the score... Score was phenomenal. I mean, it was Alexander Despot. Oh, I think. my favorite. Yes, I he's just him. phenomenal. Anyway, it was him. very especially in the Shape of Water. Do, oh do, we we got to talk do, about do, do, scores. We'll talk about scores. Yeah. Anyway, beautiful. So that's my favorite from recent years because it was just, it was nice. I went to the movie. I was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to see, and I saw it. And they had pretty dresses on. Well, this was just a. <laughs> A beautiful segue into <laughs> my one of my questions I wanted to ask. Do you guys think that films can be commercial entities made to take in large amounts of money while also being meaningful pieces of art? Or are these two necessarily separate things? That's a good question. That's dumbfounding me. See, I see like a lot of blockbusters done by... Um, by really big directors now as trying to be like meaningful pieces of art while also trying to blow people away with like how amazing they are. Whoa. Like <laughs> like something that recalls my it's always these like war epics like Dunkirk. Oh definitely nineteen seventeen. Because these war epics used to be like blockbusters too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so 
I think that is definitely a facet of it, especially when uh, the director of 1917, Sam Mendes, he did a lot of blockbusters with like the Bond movies before that. Mm. Um, he did Spectre and Skyfall, I think. American so. Beauty. Did he do American Beauty? Thank yes. you for bringing that really? up, Spencer. Sam Mendes did American Beauty. I just wanted to bring it up, you know. Oh wow! What a what an interesting <laughs> concept you raised here. God. Haven't seen it. Mm. Really, that's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, it, Tristan? No, I actually haven't seen it. Okay, I, I have. They know. <laughs> they know not. my anger. I have not seen it. No, uh, no I think they. I think definitely they. C- it all depends, really, on who is behind the film, who's marketing the film, how much money they're putting into the marketing. Um, because True. like, if especially for films that are sort of not independent but not in a sort of franchise, you have to at least sort of market it like a blockbuster in order for people to go and see it um like if you don't need to do that much marketing for avengers because there were a billion marvel movies before that right you know you don't need to do marketing for endgame because infinity war was basically marketing for endgame you know because these are these are franchises there's they have established their people are gonna come exactly people are still gonna go um it with these movies where they're like sort of original stories or just like their own thing like that's where you have to really put in the marketing to establish it as a blockbuster. Yeah, I feel like the marketing is what kind of makes it a blockbuster. Like obviously if the movie flops, it's not going to be, but like if there's mm-hmm. a lot of marketing put into it and then people generally like it, I consider it a blockbuster. Like I'm like, yeah, well. Like let's take like let's take it for example um Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner, which I heard uh-huh. did not do very uh, very well at all, right? And it was sort of like a when it came out, it was sort of like a sort of fringy science sci-fi movie, right? Yeah. In the eight, in what the eighties. Mm-hmm. Then you take Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which came out like a couple years ago. That I think was marketed as sort of a blockbuster, or at least as a big movie. Yeah. Uh, meant to like really attract large crowds. I think a lot of studios kind of capitalize on nostalgia as a way to oh, market absolutely. their movies. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, that's why the whole. Star Wars sequel trilogy exists uh, based off nostalgia alone. And That's it sucks. why Disney so, uh, makes remakes every so exactly. long. Well, uh. they also do it to keep their copyright. But <laughs> in general, like we see a lot of these things because they know that people will come. Right. So. But I think that also brings up like the like sort of the feat that like soul blockbusters achieve, like stories that don't need franchises. Don't need, like the, the main example I think of is James Cameron and Avatar and Titanic. Titanic. Um, and we could talk about that a bit. Oh, please. How, how those Tristan. how those movies <laughs> are like how Titanic right is like just a movie that came out of nowhere and is what the second highest grossing now. I believe because so. Because of Endgame, I think overtook it. But um, sorry, James Cameron. <laughs> but see, Titanic didn't need a whole. 22 movie franchise to make that much money. So what do you think drew so many people to watch that? You know how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. We are, I think artistically, we are drawn to stories that we know how it's going to end because we're more invested from the beginning. You see these two people in love already in the trailer and then you're like, but I know what happens right, to the like ship. like the impending doom. Yeah. So I think something about Titanic is that 
we're distance enough. I mean, we're past 100 years now of when the Titanic sank. <laughs> so we don't. Yeah. Uh, April of. We're very distant no. from the um, world anyway, of Avatar. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that world is distant from us. But we're very enough past it that people can, I think, watch art about it and not have as much of a visceral reaction, but they right. still know, you know, these two people are falling in love. Something bad yeah. is going to happen. And we're always interested. There's morbid curiosity we can never outrun. Oh, so. yeah. The idea of being distanced from the past coupled with morbid curiosity definitely is used to sell all of the, like, war blockbuster movies that oh, Tristan oh, yeah. was talking oh, yeah. about. Because, like, anyone can just die like that. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, Saving Private Ryan is just a... Uh, yeah. Oh, I've heard that's a hard watch. Oof, it's so good. I'm not, not allowed to watch it. Yeah, don't probably if based on how squeamish you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't. It's um, like it, it does like right out of the gate is like the bloody. That's scene. what I heard. I heard the worst <laughs> yeah. scene is like the first fifteen minutes yeah, or whatever. Yeah. We yeah. watched that in a in a high school history class. So did we? I got sent out of the room. <laughs> I so. watched it on TV. It was edited for language, but all of the violence was kept <laughs> in. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I love the rating system of America. That is. That is it was pretty a thing funny. of beauty. It was That's also with weird. commercials, and I forget what <laughs> channel it was, but it was a ton of commercials. Hallmark. This was like <laughs> Hallmark. This Christmas was like. Special. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a four and a half hour experience for me. Oh, you th- sorry. Four and a half hours to watch Saving Private Ryan. I well, wasn't okay, doing to, anything. To be fair, that is a very. It's a very long movie. It's like two and a half, I think. But still, with the ads, it's four and a. Half. I think every ad break was like six minutes. It was insane. Oh my god, that's so. And like that movie is always so tense. So it's like yeah, kind of awkward. Like no, I hate watching movie. edited for TV movies. But it was just on, and I was like, I oh, was, I should watch this. When you guys were talking about franchises, I should have brought this up. But like the Harry Potter movies. Uh, I, when I was younger, I had never seen them, never read the books. I was 10, and my nanny was like, listen up here. She was very nice. I liked her, but she was like, I need to go see The Last Harry Potter today. So you are coming with me, and we are going to go see The Last Harry Potter. So I like saw the eighth and final movie, I guess. Without any like context. No, oh I was just God. like, yay, good job. You defeated everyone. Good job. It was like very... Uh, funny but now i look back on it and i'm like i'm glad i i guess i got to be right at the tail end of it because i ended up getting really into the series like in right, middle yeah, school yeah. or whatever and i was like i'm glad you know i got to it was cool to experience it with the theater of people i remember it oh, even yeah. now where people were looking forward to this last even i'm not involved in the mcu but my friends were like i need to go see black widow and i was like yeah i'll go florence Pugh's in it david harbour i'll go so i show up and I was surrounded by people who the whole time were so reactive to what was going on that I was like, I am involved. And I was like, like so excited to be a part of it. As, as much as I think blockbusters are sort of silly and, you know, not high art, <laughs> um, they are some of the most fun movie going experiences. experiences. It just I, makes you feel yeah, good. I remember going to um, Endgame opening night with my friend in Singapore. This is when I was back in the army, so I had to report in my base like the next morning at like eight a.m. and we were at like a ten p.m. showing. We're like, oh, oh my we, don't, we don't care. Like, you know, we, we gotta watch this movie, and like everyone reacting at the same time to the same mm-hmm. things and like going like, oh my god, it's Spider Man! <laughs> like, you know, like, like kind of. It's really fun. It's honestly really fun. 
It's the same like I I watched um, Hereditary in theaters as well oh. with my friends. Sort of maybe like more obscure blockbuster, but definitely still like a horror, like a, a summer horror blockbuster. Um, that was really fun too. I think watching horror movies together with like a bunch of friends is is probably the best way you can do it anyway. Definitely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> So my next question is, if you could have stopped one blockbuster release <laughs> or franchise from ever being released, what would it be and why? This is such a good question. Oh, my God. I don't know, though. There are so many. I think it probably would be Transformers because what? I think they're awful. <laughs> they're so bad. They embody everything horrible about cinema and about, like, modern society. <laughs> like... The male gaze with uh, Megan Fox in that in the first couple movies is just absolutely awful and like horrific, and I don't know how people greenlit this, and uh, I don't know how the editor watched this Michael Bay footage and was like, uh, "This is okay, <laughs> like it's not okay," and like just oh my god that series is awful. But Bumblebee is actually pretty good, the newest Transformers movie. Um, is that directed by Michael Bay? No, it's not. That's the thing. It's not, it's like the one that's not directed by Michael Bay. It would either be, for me, it would be the Transformers series because that is just a load of crap. Or, I mean, I'm such a big Star Wars fan and the sequel trilogy is god-awful, um, in my opinion. So it's either that or that. <laughs> you know what? It It's kind of sad to say because I do like the original Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> But <laughs> but come on, like stop. We're at F nine. This isn't including like the spinoffs of like uh, what what's the one with Jason? Hobbs Steven? and Shaw. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. What Which is, is such a silly name too. So yeah, <laughs> Fast and Furious. I've also movies. seen, I've also seen those like um, Olympus has fallen series. That one where it's like some dude tries to. Break, like, attack the president in the White House. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they also made another one that year called White House Down with Channing yes. Tatum and Jamie Foxx. I've seen too. that one. I saw yeah. that one, too. I don't remember a single millisecond of that movie. I don't think I could recall a single frame, a single scene. I only remember the poster with Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. I don't even know that's the leads. It um, is, they are the leads, I'm the pretty leads? sure, okay. but I, that is what I remember as well. <laughs> like, some of these, a lot of these movies are so forgettable, you know? I think it's just because, like, they're a lot of them are just about big explosions and violence and stuff like that. Anyway, stuff um, I can't watch. Yeah, I mean, you guys seen Godzilla, the new no. Godzilla? That's a that was a big blockbuster no. when I was growing up. In, oh, I have I've an answer, but it's not gonna be popular. Uh oh. Go ahead, hot takes only. Well, what is this? I apologize to everyone in advance for my franchise answer, and I haven't watched all of them, so maybe my mind would change. But, come on, I struggled through The Godfather, <laughs> like, kind of a lot. I'm not surprised. Wait, can you, <laughs> can you give surprised. some, like, reasons why? I think it's a good premise, and I think all the actors were pretty, like, t really good. I mean, it's all pretty high-billed people and stuff, but I think it was, it felt pretty long to me. It's a, yeah, it's there a was movie. a good amount of violence, which I've indicated previously is hard. There is like for one, me to watch. There is like one shooting scene that's like violent beyond necessity, <laughs> like and to the, the point horse. where I, I laugh. At and it. the horse you part. Laugh at... I laugh at the I 
I can't spoil it. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen it yet. I don't think Which I would. Which is sort of sacrilegious. You haven't seen to The say. Godfather? No, I haven't. This seen person it gets shot about two hundred times with Tommy guns, yeah. and he like just flails around, and he's still alive until the end of the shooting. It's just I don't think I would have stopped it. I think The Godfather is what it is. It's helped in a lot of. It has a great score. I think it's done a lot in terms of spark other cinema and it probably has inspired a lot of things so i would i would let it remain (laughs) but i will say that it's a blockbuster that i watched that i was like "Mm, i don't get it but perhaps it's just not something i'm like it's not really my genre anyway i'm not a big like you don't like the mafia? Suspense, action. Mafia, you don't like the mafia? Big mafia, man. <laughs> big mafia, man. <laughs> How are you? And someone please mafia. save me. Someone Bam. please. Oh, I am in the recording sensitive. studio. I understand. I understand. I think uh, mafia movies get a bad rap because so many people glorify the violence and the, yeah. like, co- the I really like, style. liked the beginning of The Godfather when they're having the wedding. If that would have gone on for two more hours, I would have been okay with the movie. <laughs> All the best mafia movies are, like, at the end, everything falls to pieces, and it's kind of like, you know, it kind of exposes the futility of the American dream. In like a bunch of the good mafia movies, like Goodfellas, and uh, yeah, I'd say The Godfather, uh, not the first one, but Part Two, which I kind of consider them as like one six and a half hour movie, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I mean, I think I was probably just so distracted by like my mm-hmm. inability to focus, and also the um, the violence that I think I didn't get the message out of it, which might have been why I was just like, mm. I will say of like some of my favorite movies. The Godfather movies are the ones that like demand the most attention. Like, yes, I've seen both. I've seen the, f- I've seen all of them. You seen the third one? I don't consider the third one a real movie, <laughs> but uh, the first two, I've seen both of them twice, and I really did take a second viewing to kind of absorb Get everything. It. I'll take your word for it. Then I'll go and try again at some point. But I do want to talk about my favorite part of that movie, which is Marlon Brando. Yes. What a beast. <laughs> I just... <laughs> that is, uh, that I wanted to make sure... A big mafia man like you would say that. Somebody. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, because I like Streetcar Named Desire. I like that movie because mm. of him, and I uh, believe Vivian Lee is in that, too. She's I the... Seen it. I don't know. Okay, well... Have you seen <laughs> On the Waterfront? Talk about a blockbuster. No, I have not. That's very good. Um, but... Also, I haven't seen that. <laughs> they, uh... Yeah, he's nice to look at in Streetcar. Yeah. Thank you for that. Less nice to look at in Apocalypse <laughs> Now. <laughs> <laughs> but that probably is my favorite my performance by him. Giving my Apocalypse input. Now. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a great movie. It is a great movie. Also, do not watch. That is also like three hours long and yeah, by the same no, you director. Wouldn't like, you wouldn't like Apocalypse Now either. Yeah, it's also It's by war. the same director. Yeah, yeah there's war, violence. War, three hours long. There, there are guns. It's amazing. Now that I'm thinking about it, I <laughs> We should. No, ju- it's so good though. <laughs> I'm sorry. We should just do a war episode, and you guys should make yeah. a list of movies I have to watch, and I then love, I'll come in I and love. just cry in the studio. <laughs> I love. <the> army. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god. Well, on the inference of that sort of question, are there any franchises of like blockbuster franchises we like actually really like, or like have like we really like until they were li- until they went on for too long? 
I really have a problem with franchises in gen- <laughs> like not like a end all franchises. Not like a vendetta against franchises, but as a personal thing. Like I have a hard time attaching myself to franchises because I I struggle with like anxiety of whether the next one is gonna not live up to my <laughs> expectations. So I kind of just like to watch standalone movies because it's That's like fair. a clean slate every time. Fair. I don't have expectations. That's why I do really well with franchises. I just don't really think too much about it. And then when the next one comes out, I'm like, oh, cool. It's okay because Marvel fans don't have... I know you're not a Marvel fan, but Marvel fans in general have low expectations. I beg to disagree with that one. (laughs) I I think with Marvel... (laughs) I think there's, like, two kind of Marvel viewers. There's, like, the casual one where that just enjoys their movies. Yeah. And then there's the one that's, like, Avengers Endgame that's is the best I'm, movie of all time. That's who I'm talking about. Uh, and, like, that's, and, like, that's, like, well. <laughs> I liked WandaVision. Oh, I, mean, I haven't good. seen any it's of the uh, shows. Oh, that one was I good. Don't have Disney Plus. Oh, I don't understand what what's doing? going on in them, but I like to watch them for the costumes. Loki is pretty good. Loki, um, Tom Hiddleston. Yes. No, yeah, I liked him. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's funny. I like him in general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a great guy. He's a cool good guy. actor. <laughs> I met him. <laughs> he's my friend. <laughs> We're besties. Yeah, totally. Uh, do you guys think that blockbusters kind of make us expect less out of films in general? <laughs> In the sense that they, you know, often rely heavily on impressive props and stunts to entertain us rather than, you know, focusing on well, no, thematic but, depth. But, but I mean, if, if, like, what is that to say about mise-en-scene in a film? Like, with impressive set are you gonna, pieces and props. Are you going to advocate for the mise-en-scene of, like, Endgame right now, though? <laughs> no, but, like, it's... I mean, it, I mean, I, I think they, they definitely... They definitely do make your movie, your expectation of movies. They, I think they change your expectation of movies. Like for me, I used to just watch blockbusters and whatever all the time because I was like a kid like everyone else. Yeah. Uh, and then I started, when I started watching films that, you know, take a sort of more deeper thematical approach, that makes me sort of appreciate them more. Uh-huh. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, the average boom, boom blockbuster. Well, I'm... Um, you can finish your thought. No, that's really all I have. <laughs> I was going to say, I only got into movies or watching movies as frequently as I do my freshman year of college, so like about two, three years ago. And I, st- I only was going into the movies weekly to see blockbusters because I wanted to do something with myself, like have alone time because college was like overwhelming. So I was like, I'll mm. go see Frozen six times. And um, <laughs> Frozen 2, you mean? Yeah, it was Frozen 2. Good remembering skills. Awful movie. Um, no, it was very good. No, it's not, Stop it's that. not as good as the first one. Show yourself. I, I went to see Frozen 2 in Step theaters. into not your power. Good. It made me cry. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> no plot. So Yes, it does. It what are you talking about? It doesn't about? have a conflict. My, like girlfriend, the con- my girlfriend fell asleep for 10 minutes during <laughs> that movie. <The> c- <laughs> like the c- like, there's no beginning, middle, or end. The conflict... Yes, there is. No. Oh, my God. The conflict is she's trying to figure out herself and why she's the way she is. Tristan. See, I didn't get that in the first viewing. So... Maybe at the sixth viewing, a Shut up. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, I'm back to me, the important part of this. I went to go see movies all the time my freshman year of high school, and I was only going to see blockbusters. I went in to see the movies that... I thought were going to be fun for me. 
And then the reason I started seeing other things was because blockbusters don't come out every week. So I was like, oh, I can't see this, but there's this other movie that looks like I might enjoy it, so I'll go see that. And that's why I started picking up other things and how eventually I got into being more into like, oh, this smaller film came out that's not even, you know, they're putting it right on here yeah. or whatever. And I would say the merit in blockbusters is that they do bring people oh, to yeah. the cinema and perhaps expose them to other movies that they wouldn't have considered watching in another in another like a context. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't think everybody has the same situation, but I think a lot of the reason blockbusters are like the gateway I was gonna say gateway. for <laughs> yeah. like becoming an avid movie viewer is because they're kind of more similar to episodic TV. In the sense that I don't know. Sometimes with like franchises, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think also the spectacle when you think yeah. of a, when you think of watching a movie, when you think of going into the cinema, you want to be wowed. You want to <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, you want to be wowed. You want to be like you want to you know have a good time and have fun and sort of turn your brain off sometimes, as like the average moviegoer, right? <laughs> but I do think that like absolutely, I think blockbusters big budget movies movies that are marketed as like the greatest thing of all time that you have to see otherwise you will you'll be missing out on a cultural phenomenon your friends will leave you yeah like i think that can be a sort of gateway into exploring the medium further and watching i don't know uh international cinema for <laughs> which your friends will leave you <laughs> <laughs> yeah once you watch an international film you have no friends no, I'm joking. That's absolutely not true. Um, and in fact, One you should car probably, wise, my friend. You should probably watch more international movies. Ah, so you like foreign films. Uh, <laughs> I do like foreign films. I, I also, yeah, the, the concept of foreign films is completely racist. We, we should probably do an episode on that, too, because um, right. so, it deserves one. Um, but the uh, idea of just using the word foreign is just so despicable <laughs> and awful. Um, but anyway, I, I do think it can be a, a sort of gateway. Because you're not going to be like, you're not going to get exposed through film as a kid through Kong Film Festival, you know? You're going to get exposed through your local theater. Um, and that's just the, the fact of it. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that pretty much about does it for, uh, for this episode, so wow. we're going to wrap it up there. I didn't realize that this episode would be so thought-provoking, considering we were talking about boom-boom blockbuster, I like explosion. <laughs> I do not like explosions. <laughs> <laughs> I like explosions. Well, Did yeah. you want to say? No, we covered everything. Everything? Yeah, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the District of Cinema podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. We love you.